0: It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now, your host, Bert Martinez. What's up, everybody? All right, just kind of practicing my gangster rap. Don't know why, just kind of in that mood. Um Just, uh, as always, grateful for you, my friends, for stopping by. Thank you so much. And also, thank you so very much uh, for sharing the show and and different episodes, and uh, I appreciate the feedback that we get. Uh, Just real quick, I want to uh, say thank you to Johnny Y. Uh, Why? I'll tell you why. Uh, His initial, his last... His initial starts with a Y, but uh, I'll tell you why I'm saying thank you. It's because he went to dominatingyourmind.com and got himself our latest book for free. I should say my latest book for free. So it's available on Amazon. You pay $20 plus shipping, or you can get it for free. Just go to dominatingyourmind.com and get it there for free. Just pay some shipping. Uh, There is no funny business. You're You're not signing up for a continuity program or some membership or anything Crazy, no hidden fees. It's just my way of saying thank you for being a listener. I, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the The book is really all about uh, programming your mind, right? Dominating your own mind, meaning dominating your own thoughts. About becoming, about crushing your fears, destroying your doubts, and becoming unstoppable. <coughs> Excuse me. So in that book, I I talk about some of my own stories, as well as I highlight some of my friends. I got some stuff in there about uh, my friend Dr. Joe Vitale, uh, Tom Hopkins, um, my friend Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, and then also talk about uh, some things in there from people who I've not yet met, but I respect uh, a lot. Uh, But bottom line, check it out, DominatingYourMind.com, and uh, also for those who uh, know the show we do a quote of the day right to get things moving uh and if you have a quote that you want us to read on the air by all means send it to me I'm available on all the social medias and uh and if we pick your quote guess what you will get some nice money for lunch swag and a big thank you from me um all right so the quote of the day I surround myself with good people who make me feel great and give me positive energy. And the quote is, uh, is, uh, by Ali, Ali Krieger, Ali Krieger is, uh, quoted for saying that surround myself with good people who make me feel great and give me positive energy. That is not to say that you're going to surround yourself with yes men or yes people, uh, and um, people who are just going to blow smoke up your you know what but you need to surround yourself with good people totally believe that you need to feel great you need to be around positive energy because how you feel is more important than what you know all right let's get the party started my guest today christina reeves christina reeves is a holistic life coach energy psychologist Accomplished author, speaker, and facilitator. She offers clinics, trainings, workshops, seminars, and lectures in North America and internationally. Dimitros Spanos, CEQP co-founded Edomia Center with Christina Reeves, a learning center for transformational change, core healing, and personal development. He is a certified practitioner of six seconds EQ and certified in heart initiation. Is that right, initiation? Their new book is The Mind is the Map. Awareness is Compass. Is the compass. Emotional intelligence is the key to living a mind, mindfully from the heart. And it's available at themindisthemap.com, themindisthemap.com. And uh, you can check out some of their other resources as as well there. They have tons of, I want to say, really neat resources, uh, courses, and things of that nature. Christina Reeves, welcome to Money for Lunch.
1: Thank you so much, Bert. Uh, Thanks for the opportunity of being here. I I must get a copy of your book. (laughs) I'm very excited (laughs) to read it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I want to – speaking of – you know uh the book uh, so let's let's talk about i always like to ask people why why did you write this book so give us your your why
1: well the main reason i wrote it is because people don't understand the biology of the mind and how the mind works and uh, why it works the way it does and how we can take control of our mind to use it to our advantage Rather than, um, you know, just letting life show up for us and pull us this way and that way, uh, we don't need to do that. You know, we've got a lot of hidden belief systems, and we need to find out how they came to be written on our walls and things like that. Life is role-playing. You know, we wrote the story, and it's time that we learned how the mind works so we can study the script and do the the work of endless rehearsals when our patterns keep revealing themselves to us. I think that's really important. It's a natural uh, progressive function of, um, of human behavior. We're born with an operating system Meaning you know we have mobility and physicality and so on and so forth, but we really do come with a blank slate as far as the database is concerned. And when people understand how that database got written on and how that sets us up for the patterns that keep revealing themselves to us, then um, we are more likely to engage in wanting to control the mind when we know that we can. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Absolutely absolutely and, and i'm I'm so glad that you mentioned uh, this idea of that we come with this operating system unfortunately, there's not a manual that comes with the operating system right and, and we have to go through this this sometimes very painful discovery of what works and what doesn't work and and let me tell you uh, you and I were talking before the show and, and how important the mind is and how important our emotions are and and you know, there is. Uh, I, I want to say for people who are not as sophisticated as you and I, uh, there are a lot of people out there who like to kind of uh, poo-poo the whole idea of emotional intelligence, and you know they like to refer to emotional intelligence and what I like to refer to as people intelligence as soft skills or, or people skills as soft skills. But but the reality is these are the most important skills ever, and Maybe they're not as easily measurable as, let's say, raw numbers, but they're so critically important.
1: Absolutely. You know, um, every day we're offered many chances to practice seeing our patterns simply by being in relationship to life and the many forms of life that feed us. You know, Uh, what people need to understand is the mechanics or the biology of the mind We have two minds, obviously. Many of us have found that we're two minds about an issue or something. So we have the psychological. We have the subconscious mind, I mean. And the subconscious mind is capable of uh, processing 40 million nerve impulses per second. Okay, look at the bandwidth on that. Yet the conscious mind, the one that we use for creativity and new ideas and inspiration and so on and so forth, can only process 40 nerve impulses per second. So look at the bandwidth. If you were in a race, who's going to win, right? That's why it's so important and part of emotional intelligence is to be able to step into awareness when we get triggered. And we really only have a few seconds to do that, to step into awareness and step back and evaluate the situation as an observer not jump into the quantum soup, so to speak, but to stand back and watch yourself as if it was playing on a big white screen in front of you. And when you do that, you get a better perspective of what's going on. You can see your patterns. You can see the patterns of other people. You learn to empathize with them. Uh, So you come up with better responses. You know, I'm always saying that um, our responsibility is our ability to respond accurately to what's going on around us.
0: Yes, absolutely. I agree with that. And sometimes the 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 right response is maybe delaying a response is just, you know, taking a pause and 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 maybe and, and no not, response. Yeah, no response I think is is a great idea and uh not not all things need to be responded to uh, so uh, I love that and it may and not even be your experience that's right Bert.
1: you know when you step <laughs> back and you look at it you may say gee you know this really doesn't have a lot to do with me you know he's in his stuff or she's in her stuff or this isn't even an issue that you know I should be linked to so you get different perspectives when you're able to do that our belief system subconsciously communicates with others in life in general, attracting to us the events which we expect, okay? And that causes us to interpret whatever happens to affirm what we already believe might happen or is going right. to So we get caught up in this vicious circle of beliefs and expectations and events, and they're all distorted perceptions because they're all coming from They're writing on their wall.
0: Well, you know what's interesting too is is, uh, this idea of uh, being so, I guess – what's the word I'm looking for? Confident in yourself that when somebody behaves poorly, maybe they lash out at you, maybe, you know, whatever, that you can say – that you can kick back and say, well, this is obviously not about me. It's about them, right? Exactly. Whatever, whatever junk, as you said, whatever, whatever stuff they're going through, because a lot of times it has nothing, nothing at all to do with us, and and uh, we of course take it personally, and you know what I, uh, I, one of the things that I learned from having my wife and I. Uh, been together for 33 years, and, and through that time we've had five kids. And, and one of the things that I, I learned so. that I was, thought that was funny, that, you know, your child will misbehave in what we would consider socially unacceptable ways uh, for adults. And, and, and I'll, I'll give you a quick example of that uh, is that uh, I remember very vividly buying my, my first son uh, some fries, and he refused to share them with me.
1: <laughs> he just
0: would not share them, and, and of course, if you did that in the adult world, uh, I mean, I, I was able to laugh that off. I, I it wasn't it wasn't uh, him, it wasn't a personal beef. It was just him being a kid. You know, I think he was three or four at the time, and and uh, uh, yes, it was selfish, but you know, I I laughed at it. I thought it was funny. If an adult did that. That would be considered rude, and, and, you know, we might even break out into war over something like that. It's just crazy. (laughs) And and I started realizing— In my New
1: York office, that happened this week, and it was over (laughs) fries. (laughs) Two people who work in my New York office, and it came to my attention, and I was laughing. And it was over French fries, and they're adults. So you see the patterns that we have, you know. (laughs) And it's, yeah, and it's upon examining the nature of those patterns, you know, that we need to practice the art of softening our habitual routines back into yeah. more mindful and meaningful things. The rigid, sharp edged, edged ones, they need to be softened. And that softening and breaking of patterns is not about eliminating our humanness, okay? It's not about eliminating our, you know, our want to be liked and loved or anything out there. But it's about curbing the stubborn ways that we behave. And to do that, you know, what actually saves ourselves from our patterns is our own honest gaze. That self-reflection is a tool uh, from the space of awareness that we can cleanse And I used to cleanse to become the one who feels, you know, both the aliveness and the pain. You know, we need to feel everything as we move through life. Yeah, that's a funny story. And it's so, it hit me. I'm sitting here (laughs) laughing because it's exactly what happened in my office last week. And I was like, oh, my God, these are not mature adults here. (laughs) And it's writing on their wall you know? Right, right. So, uh, so all right, so let's talk about this. Uh, again. Good, the, uh, book,
0: uh, the book is called uh, uh, The Mind is the Map and it's available on Amazon or you can go to themindisthemap.com. I'm also going to put a link in the show notes. So, when you guys were writing this book who who were you thinking this book is for? Who, who could benefit from reading this book?
1: That's a good question. I think we all have writing on our wall, and we we wrote the book in sort of a dialogue uh, format, offering both of our many years of experience in the uh, field of human potential. But we um, we guide people towards their own personal discovery, but we do it in sort of a dialogue because we've both been there. You know, we've, we've all been there, and uh, as we escort people through that. Um, experience, they will come to understand uh, why the mind is the map and the writing on the wall. We got a lot of encouragement. Dimitri and I uh, started off as Facebook friends, you know, um, I'm thinking more than five years ago. And he would write certain posts and I would respond to them and so on and so forth. And our, our friends on his side and my side were saying, you guys need to write a book. And we laughed and laughed. And it was about three years ago that we decided maybe we should write a book, you know, and uh, going over our own uh, limitations in life and what we processed and what we went through and sharing them with other people. And uh, so uh, that's what really prompted the book. He lives in New York and I live in Canada, so pages were flying back and forth, you know, through emails and so on and so forth. and. We finally uh, pulled it together. <laughs> so, I love um, it. I really, love it. Now we have just uh, introduced, and it's available now, the workbook that goes with the actual book. It's actually a journal that people can write in and keep track of their personal daily practices. And it has a lot of tools for putting uh, this self-discovery work uh,
0: into their own lives, how to use it. To. Sure. And, and – uh... So the book um is for really anybody uh sounds like it's for anybody who you know maybe wants to take their thinking if you will or take their their thoughtfulness to to a different level uh, you know if uh you know if you're one of those individuals who is very reactive and you're tired of somebody pushing your buttons then this this might be a great book for you um it sounds like it's also a good resource for individuals who who like the, who like to uh, uh what do you call it uh, move forward or continue to learn about about themselves and about how the mind works absolutely
1: and it takes us all the way through writing all of our emotions to freedom and the challenges that come up in life and basically by the time we reach the end you know we've looked at creating a new foundation, learning how to live lightly, uh, letting go of our past and our future, and all the way up to living life with passion, and of course, passion is is the motivator. It doesn't matter in your personal life or your business life, and really, it takes us all the way down to Chapter 12, Creating Your New Story. When all of this is healed, you will see uh, a new story start to emerge, and you can actually rewrite your life. You know, with the new neuroscience available uh, of uh, neuroplasticity, we understand now that the mind is not hardwired and we can rewrite the writing on the wall to create a new story in our life. So any area of life that is not working uh, for you, whether it's in relationships or work or family or you and your children, you know, this will cover the whole gambit allowing you to rewrite a
0: new story for your life yeah i love that and, and i'm glad you're using the word story because we do have a story that we you know that all uh
1: stories isn't it? <laughs> yeah
0: you know and, and i can't remember who it was but somebody was making a, a distinction uh that people you know who are let's say who have stopped smoking um you know that, that the people who said uh I've stopped smoking or I used to smoke, seem to have more trouble and seem to lapse back into smoking. As opposed to those who change the story and say, I'm a non-smoker, uh, their story had changed so much that their life had changed, right? And, and so they had, they had made that change complete your transition. Beliefs. Yep, yeah.
1: change your beliefs, which are written on the wall, and you will change your uh, your entire life. You know, we need to take a, Burke, we need to have, and you probably are aware of this because of your own book, we need to take a more curious approach to this transaction. We need to do it with humility, and we also need to do it with awe. You know, we need to become, uh, we need to live a more curious journey about who we are, you know, and how we got there. You know, and the closer we get to the truth of who we are, uh, the more truthful and beautiful we actually become, it's amazing, you know, when we start to discover the curious law of inner alchemy, you know. Uh, we we find out almost in that very moment who we are and who we all are collectively.
0: Absolutely. that's our
1: story. We actually rewrite the story of humanity.
0: You know what? It, it, Everything's and,
1: connected by uh, energy.
0: That's right. And so, you know, what's interesting is if you look at some of the most iconic people in the world, uh, the only thing that separates them from less known people is their belief, right? Uh, and and, and yeah. their belief created their reality. And, and you know, uh, uh, Elon Musk is one of my favorite people to look at. Uh, this guy has done several amazing things. And <clears> – <throat> excuse me – was not able to hit the cough button fast enough. But anyway, so so here's a gentleman who who uh, had very little to no knowledge of space travel, but yet he created SpaceX based on his belief and his understanding of how things worked. And he created this reusable rocket that has been launched several times. And and, and you know people thought he was crazy, and the first three rockets failed miserably and publicly, and and he was on the verge of bankruptcy, and and finally got it to work. Uh, but uh, he, his belief For was sure. so strong, or his story was so strong, however you want to phrase it, that fear did not win, and right. and he kept, yeah, you know, and he kept going. And and there's so many people like that throughout history that we can learn from. But bottom line is, um, you know that what we believe creates our reality and, 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 and all that other stuff. But, and a lot of us know this, but it's hard to practice that. And it's hard to you know go back to what you said. It's hard to change our story.
1: Absolutely. You know, you've just nailed it right there, Greg, a positive thinker is a winner who watches his thoughts and beliefs and he knows and he learns how to change his internal thinking to reclaim self-esteem self-confidence self-respect it doesn't matter what happened in any of his past uh actions you know it's that level of self-esteem you know when we believe in ourselves you know then we become very positive people and we understand that any past failures that we had only serve as a key to success and we work there to improve rather than give up, you just describe that. I call that consequential thinking. You know, and in order to make those good decisions, they visualize and they imagine all the possible choices and they anticipate all the outcomes. But they're not attached to any of them. You know, they just they're willingly able to calculate the risks by weighing the costs and benefits of their choices. They learn to break down each challenge and see things from different perspectives. And they're able to overcome all the challenges and obstacles that allow them to find that pathway to success. And you've just described this perfectly.
0: All right. So we're talking with Christina Reeds, and we're talking about uh, her book uh, that she co-wrote with Dimitro Spanos. But we're talking about the book The Mind is the Map available at the is the I'm also gonna put up a link here in the notes and available on Amazon. So Christina for our audience, can you explain the method that you guys use uh in the Mind is the map, uh kind of give us the nutshell?
1: Yeah, there are um there are twelve chapters that we take you through and that the bottom of at the back of every chapter, there's a whole self-help uh, section there that helps um, describe um, the processes, and we give you lots of lots of tools to work with. So we begin by understanding our patterns, and then we move into what is our life force energy, and how can we keep it high and productive. And we look at uh, awareness as a compass to get us where we want to go. We also examine very closely the critical voice. We all have this inner critic, and that inner critic is just speaking to us exactly what's written on the wall, so we want to pay attention to that because that helps us know what's written on the wall and what we need to clear out. Then we move into emotional intelligence, and we discuss all the reasons why the mind is not free to be happy Then, of course, we move into the present moment, and then we ride all of our emotions to freedom, and then we work on creating a solid foundation, and we learn how to live lightly without our needs and our attachments and so on. Then we move into goal setting and living life with passion and all the way to creating our new story. So it's really a 12-step process.
0: It's uh, it's funny. It's, it's a twelve-step process, man. How, where else have I heard about the twelve steps, right? But it's a different <laughs> yeah, twelve right. Steps. <laughs>
1: yeah, sorry, right. I'm not an alcoholic. Never been addicted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's interesting though yeah. that we, we do talk get addicted. We the
1: process, and then we cultivate the journey, and uh, and then we end up with a new story. So that's basically how it goes.
0: But it's so funny because I was going to say that we we kind of do get addicted. We get addicted to our own stories. We get addicted to our own beliefs, and and uh, and it kind of trips us up sometimes. So uh, it's it's just oh, uh, kind sure. of a neat thing. Yeah, I recall. Um,
1: I recall. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Go no, go ahead. You recall.
1: I recall going to my first therapy session myself years and years ago. My family was very dysfunctional when I was growing up, and I started becoming interested in why people do what they do and why they keep doing it at the age of 16 years old. Anyway, I went to my first uh, therapy session, and uh, I was just, she says, tell me a little bit about yourself. So I told her about myself, and she just looked at me. And then she said, Christina, those are your stories. I want to know about you. And I was thinking in my head, my my inner critic went crazy. What do you mean? I just told you about myself. You know, I was, everything did and so on and so forth. She said, no. She said, how do you feel?
0: Hello? Oh, man. Okay. Let's give Christina a couple more minutes and she'll call us right back. Um uh, so uh, very interesting. Uh, the book, again, is called The Mind is the Map. And this is so true, right? When you are clear in your thoughts, right, uh, clear goal, a clear thing that you want to achieve, man, everything kind of falls into its place. And it's brilliant the way it works out. Uh, so I love this idea that the mind is the map. Unfortunately, sometimes the mine is a big chocolate mess, right? And uh, it takes practice and discipline to work through all that. All right, we're going to give Christina Reeds here a couple of more minutes and then if not, uh, you know, we'll wrap up here. I hope that, so far, you're enjoying what we've been talking about, um, how, by changing our stories, then we change ourselves, and I like what Christina Reeve said, look, if we change ourselves, we change the world, right? We start changing everything around us, and this is one of the hardest things to do. When you start making changes That sometimes means environmental changes, meaning your friends may no longer be – what's the word I want to use? Your friends may no longer be the ideal friends for your new story, for your new way of thinking. So sometimes, you know, that's one of the things that scares us about change. So we're back with Christina Reeves. We're back with Christina Reeves, uh, and so right before you, you right before it got cut off, you were talking about you're sitting there with the therapist, she says that's your story. I want to hear about you and and, and yeah. that kind of cut off
1: Yeah, I had become my stories that 's how I saw myself. you know I saw myself as my stories, you know, my past, my current situation. People said I was a workaholic, and that's originally why I went to see her. You know, and, um, boy, I knew nothing about me. I walked around life. I was the biggest pretender of happiness that there was. <laughs> you know, I walked around, I should be blissfully happy, but I'm not. You know, that's kind of a mismatched thought, right, between right. Expect- expectation and reality. And it's really one of the main causes of unhappiness. You know, sometimes we actually increase our unhappiness by rejecting our own real youthful feelings you know, of worry or discontent, and we attempt to replace that with real and pleasant. <laughs> Many of us fall into that trap. We're supposed to be happy.
0: <laughs> it doesn't work Right. Like well, that. you know what, and that's that's something that, you know, we could spend a whole show on that, you know, all the things that we're supposed to be, right? You're supposed to go yeah. from high school to college. You're supposed to have a career and then, you know, live heavily, live, happily ever after and sometimes college is not the right answer for a lot of people they need to maybe take a year off or go get a trade school or do something else uh exactly. but uh, yeah there's a lot of hang-ups on what we're supposed to do you know i want to talk about this because we're short on time you mentioned the writing on the walls the writing on the wall yeah. talk about this yeah. uh what uh what is this uh writing on the walls. That it's
1: writing on the wall is our most prominent advisor, Greg, and we or Bert and we consult it all day long. Everything we hold to be true, even if it's not the truth. And then the interesting thing is that the ego rallies to defend everything that's written on the wall, whether it's true or false. It's all the ego is aware of. Between the ages of zero and six years old We've had a lot of hand, hand-me-down beliefs. Remember I told you we came with a blank, blank slate. Well, the, the uh, mind condition that we're in it could be a beta or theta or whatever. These are hand-me-down beliefs. You know, We are picking up our database from everything that's around us, our environment. You know, all of this gets written on our wall by well-meaning others between the ages of zero and six years old, and that's where our database begins. And we go about dutifully obeying those. They they become our neural pathways. They become our templates. And interesting enough, we only become aware of those subconscious uh, mind-pushing programs when we get triggered when someone pushes our buttons. You know, we go about life once we learn a behavior such as walking or getting dressed or driving a car. These programs are automatically regulated to the subconscious mind. So this continues our whole life. However, where the, as I said, where the conscious mind is creative, the subconscious mind has only a marginal aptitude for creativity. You know, the conscious mind can express free will. The subconscious mind only expresses the pre recorded stimulus response habits that are written on our wall. So the truth is that new science is telling us we cruise on autopilot and the subconscious mind is running our life 95% of the time. So we might ask ourselves how it feels to have the four year old driving our bus, <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. Incredible. Well, you know what? It, it but is, that's it is what so people funny. didn't
1: understand. Yeah.
0: yeah, and 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 what's so interesting about what you're saying, uh and, and what I love so much is that, on more than one occasion, I have gotten from point A to point B in my car, and kind of snapped out of my trance for lack of better terms right you, yep. you all of a sudden you show up to the driveway or you show up to your meeting your home whatever and it's like how did I even get here because I was not consciously aware of my trip I was so I was so lost in my thoughts and, and yeah I mean I, I love this idea what you just put out there that uh, 90 what 95% of the time subconscious mind is running the game absolutely it's
1: the mind not the brain that tells the body what to do So in other words, look at that for a moment. You can try self-talking using reason to communicate with and to change what's on the subconscious, but it's only going to have the same effect as trying to change a program on a cassette tape by talking to the tape player. There's no entity or component within the mechanism that's going to respond to your dialogue, and it's the same thing with the subconscious mind. We're the only one in our mind. (laughs) <laughs> People do what they do, and every experience is simply it is as it is, and it's coming right. from that right on our wall. The truth is that they're just guidelines and strategies that we've somehow adopted through our belief system to get through life. And uh, many, many of them are actually childhood survival skills because of the age where we were programmed. They're fiction. You know, now to understand what's written. On our walls and transform those thoughts requires that process known as self discovery. But we don't want to, uh, we can transform that trance and we can move. Think about this we can move from the shame and blame game. You know, we can move from right and wrong and good and bad and into forgiveness once we know that that person too was programmed. We can yes. see it as his programming. It's not him, the individual, you know, so we can shift our response knowing that that person has some writing on his wall. So it's really a great program to understand. And this should be taught in the school system. This should be taught at a very, very young age uh, about emotional intelligence. It's going to help a lot of our youth understand their emotions and understand that You know, the writing on their wall. It doesn't make them good or bad. A lot of them feel worthless and helpless and useless and what's the point, you know. But um, that can all be fixed if only people understood the biology of the mind and how it works.
0: I love it. I love it. We're out of time. I want to give out the book title one more time, The Mind is the Map, available at themindisthemap.com. Uh, Christina Reeves, thank you so much for stopping by. Looking forward to having you back again.
1: Thank you, Bert. I'd welcome the opportunity. I'm going to grab your book now. <laughs> Summer reading. <laughs> there you go. Have it's a great, great time. time. Thank you so thank much. You Look so forward
0: to. Uh, bye bye. Good stuff there bye. from Christina Reeves. Uh, the Mind is the Map.com, and that's also the name of the book. Um, and I hope that uh, you guys would. Uh, as always, share this episode with everyone we know. Let's help as many people figure out their story, change the story, and make massive change, not only in their company, but in their family and their communities. As always, my friends, thank you so much. And remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch and check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.